0: Welcome to Peds in a Podcast, where our team of specialists shares with you tips on all things health and development for your little ones. My name is Leanne Tran, and I'm one of the psychologists here at Peds in a Pod. Parents are often told to see a pediatrician, but don't know what that means or what to expect. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Tommy Tran, a paediatrician here at Peds in a Pod. He's going to talk to us about the role of a paediatrician and explain how it fits in with other people who provide care to your kids. We hope it's a helpful discussion. So, Tommy, thank you for joining me today. Um, you are the first pediatrician that we're talking to, which is exciting. I thought it would be really helpful to start out by talking about what the role of a pediatrician is for a child. Not not all children see one or have one, I guess. So um, can you give us an idea of what, what your role is?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I guess uh, the pediatrician is part of a team. So we work with uh, parents and Schools and allied health professionals um, And each person has their individual role um, I guess as a pediatrician we are trained in medicine um, So we certainly look at the medical aspects um, And that would be our role Looking at things like nutrition and sleep um, And any kind of medical problems that might um, You know contribute to difficulties for the child mm-hmm. um, And then that, that's probably our main our main job um we also i guess as doctors we prescribe medication um so our role is also around medication management um, Mm -hmm. for children um depending on what what the the issue is
0: okay so some of those things are probably managed by a, a gp as well what what is the or is there a bit of a guide about when a paediatrician might be involved rather than just a, a general practitioner?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I guess part of our role is also around diagnosis and um, as assessment process. Um, and so as a paediatrician, we, we spend most of our training or a lot of our training um, looking at... Um, Different diagnoses and specialising in children, so some GPS may not feel comfortable with um, diagnosing certain conditions, um, and certainly some medications are restricted um, for you know specialists to prescribe as well.
0: Right. So you touched a little bit on um, your training is specialising in working with kids and the looking at the diagnoses and that kind of thing. Can you tell us a bit about what your training involves to to become a specialist in Pediatrics.
1: Yeah, okay. So, um, so we go through medical school and in, depending on which um, state you are in, but most um, states are postgraduate medical school. So you will have a degree before you actually go into medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, then you do an internship um, and then a, a minimum of six years of um, specialist training with a few exams along the way um, and rotating through various different specialties.
0: Right, so the six years is not all in paediatrics.
1: Um, no, it's all, all in paediatrics. Okay,
0: yep. right. So yep. six years and a couple of exams along the way, that's yep. quite a lot of knowledge you would have, I imagine. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of cramming, a lot of late nights of studying. And, right.
0: Um, yep. Okay. So you mentioned too that um, a lot of the the things that you might see children for are medical, so things like sleep and um, development and that kind of thing. Um, what i just wondering if you could give us and parents a rundown of the things that you might commonly see kids for um, maybe across the lifespan or, or till they're 18. So maybe starting with babies yeah. and young kids.
1: Yeah, so um, a lot of general peds will take care of babies um, going from delivery, so taking care of premature babies, for example, um, and then following those babies up. Um, early on it's usually around feeding and sleeping um, and food intolerances like okay. cow's milk protein intolerances are probably the common things. Okay. Um, and then as they kind of leave that early newborn period um, and start being a bit more active and busy and interactive, um, a lot of it then becomes more uh, development um, and, um, and behaviour. Uh, as well as common medical things like sleep problems or respiratory problems, asthma. Um, gastrointestinal problems and allergies Um, we do a whole whole range of different things Um, before kind of school age um, it's usually around um, kind of learning difficulties and you know diagnosing and managing adhd for example Um, before um, i guess become teenagers and adolescents um, where there's a bit more around kind of anxiety and mental health
0: Mm -hmm. okay um and so I so you mentioned a lot of things that are kind of medical, but then some about things like behavior and development as well. What are the common kind of conditions or you know difficulties you might help children with?
1: Yeah, so um we certainly do assessments around your know, developmental delay and looking at underlying. You know, medical causes for that, whether that um, be assessing around hearing or um, you know, nutritional issues or sleep difficulties um, or genetic conditions even that might be causing or contributing to the developmental um, problems. Um, and then it's often around um, assessments around you know, possible ADHD um, or language disorders or learning difficulties um, when they hit school.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, when they hit school, that's an interesting point because I, um, have a lot of families who come to see me as a psychologist where, uh, the family have not had any particular concern, but the school has said, um, without saying too much, but kind of encouraged or or told the family that they really should go and see a pediatrician in that, in that kind of case, what, to help the families out who hadn't thought about it before, what um kind of things or role or reason would they have mm. to come and see a pediatrician?
1: yeah, um well, the first thing I think is always to talk to your g p uh, right. because they'll look at um things like hearing, um, you know vision tests, for example. Um, and they can screen for some underlying medical issues as well mm-hmm. just to ensure we're not missing something that's very straightforward right. um, And then I guess if your GP is not sure um, or unsure about what um, other contributing factors might be um, That's when that often be referred to a pediatrician mm-hmm. um, Where we can have a little bit of a closer look at um, each individual um, kind of factor
0: okay um, and so you said earlier that you work as part of a team How do you kind of interact or work with other, um, yeah, who who else might be part of the team?
1: Yeah, so I guess um, parents, obviously, um, key members, um, teachers, um, other caregivers, um, and then um, kind of the allied health team. Um, And I guess we're lucky we've got quite a few allied health professionals that we work closely with um, in our clinic, Um, but also even outside of clinic. um, We always have close contact with them. Um, and particularly at the schools, we we're very happy to be in contact with them um, to find out what they're concerned about. We'll also often um, send out questionnaires to schools to get a bit of um, more objective feedback um, as to what their concerns are.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you have general paediatricians here you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. You've also got some, uh, or we, we have some, that are sub-specialists. Yep. Can you tell me a bit about, um, you know, the subspecial tests or how that works when you would see one and when you wouldn't
1: yeah so um, we have I guess a few different types of subspecialists in um, pediatrics Um, general pediatrics is a kind of subspecialty on its own in terms of um, managing kind of the whole child Um, and we kind of look at um, kind of most most conditions the we then have like gastroenterologists we just look at the gut issues allergists who just look at allergy Um, cardiologists who just look at the heart Um, but for some children with complex needs they need like a case coordinator to kind of um, identify problems refer for uh, opinions and management from our sub specialist teams Mm -hmm. Um, and so that would be the role of the general pediatrician to just um, kind of look at um, the whole child rather than just an individual organ
0: right so, I imagine it's because, you know, with six years of training and that kind of thing, that's a lot and broad area. And so you can't be a specialist in all of it, but you can kind of be across most of it, but know when to get further kind of help and intervention. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a question about um, for kids then who, when do you stop seeing kids? Because um, you kind of talked about as they're young and then they get through the, to the teenage years. Yeah, when do you stop seeing them? And if you need to refer on to somebody once they get to that point, what do you do?
1: Yeah, so um, for most paediatricians, we'll, um, if they're existing patients, um, we'll keep seeing them till they finish school um, and become an adult. Um, so that can be anywhere between, say, 16 and 18 or 19 okay. uh, for, for most uh, children. Um, in terms of where do you refer them off to, it depends on um, whether you feel like the GP can discontinue management um, or whether you would often refer to a psycholog- psychiatrist Sorry, if it's um, looking at kind of mental health or ADHD mm-hmm. and ongoing need for medication prescribing. Right. Um, there are also a group of um, general physicians in adult who just see adolescents as well. Um, so they're adolescent physicians who might see kids up until their mid 20s or late 20s as well okay Yep.
0: great um one thing i forgot to mention before ask you about was you were talking about um the pediatrician or general pediatrician kind of having that case um coordinating role i think you said mm-hmm. um i think to me i see lots of families come in where that um having a pediatrician is a really helpful way for them to not only um you know, coordinate the care with medical specialists, but also then in terms of knowing what's going to be helpful to refer to other people, for example, speech pathologists or occupational therapists for. Um, I see and I often say to parents that it's a really good way to be a first port of call to come and help them sort through what's actually, you know, evidence-based and helpful and a good use of their time and their money versus other things that... um, might not be but also I guess I think by seeing it from the bigger picture you can um, rather than the close down or you know lens that an individual person like a psychologist or um, OT might have by seeing the broader picture you can recommend Mm -hmm. what would be Helpful. How do you see that working?
1: Yeah, I, I think when um, when someone comes into the room with me I try to make priorities in terms of what I think are the Key issues or the the main issues that are contributing to the the challenges that the child might be experiencing And then I think about what are the interventions or what type of supports I think might need um, To address those things, um, but I also think about like effect size so you know, what's the you know how much of an improvement will you get with say you know a speech pathologist or a psychologist for this particular problem or you know with medication like what's the what's the biggest um, you know how much improvement am I going to expect um, depending on um, you know what the kind of underlying issue is if that makes sense
0: definitely yeah so it gives you a good that that's exactly what I meant I guess that it gives you a guide about what is going to be the most beneficial and give you the biggest kind of improvement or change, um, and put, put the family's kind of resources there. So yeah, 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 that's that's really helpful. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything that, um, you think is helpful for parents to bring with you or with them? Sorry. When they come and see you for the first time.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, the, I guess the more information the better, obviously, um, I guess before we kind of provide any diagnostic label we will want information from various different sources um, if possible um, so if the the child is in daycare kindergarten or school um, we'll often um, ask for reports, um, any questionnaires that are completed um, and then any kind of allied health assessments that have been done whether that be a speech and language assessment or an iq test Um, all that information is um, worthwhile. If there are medical issues, then any kind of blood tests or um, x-rays or imaging um, is also helpful so we can address those concerns as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, That's great. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me on.